Feeling stuck in your current job? Looking for a career pivot? Are you a proven leader looking to step up? The University of Maryland's Robert H. Smith School of Business prepares students to meet challenges, solve problems, and obtain a profound understanding of how to operate in the modern economy. With MBA and MS programs offering flexible options to fit your lifestyle and goals. GMAT and GRE not required. Learn more today at go.umd.edu slash smithschool. University of Maryland Smith School of Business. Inspired. Fearless. Unstoppable. Sports Podcast. This is your host, Tyler Wood. Thank you for joining us today on this week four of college football with our preview and prediction show. So thank you for joining us and uh, going to kind of break down just the four games that we see are the biggest of this week. Kind of just look at them and what they entail and kind of just give you some predictions just like every other week. So if you've been listening, good. You know the you know the rhyme and the rhythm, but if you haven't, this is what we do on Saturday. So hope that you'll uh, enjoy it and continue to come back because we have these each and every week. But if you want more on our preview predictions, just want to you know look over it real quick before the game, kind of get an idea of what's going on, you can go to our website at therevolutionsports.com or you can go to any of our social media pages and look for us there and you'll have access to those that same article and be able to look at all that information, our breakdowns of the scores and then Another thing, I really hadn't said this much on the podcast and definitely will from now on, just to remind people, on Sundays, right after right after football's over with um, that Sunday, we always release our top 25 rankings for the week. And obviously our top 25 rankings doesn't mean jack squat in terms of college football and you know what they do for the whole year, but we like to do it to kind of just show where we have teams stacked up. And for the most part, it's, I mean, I'm not bragging on myself or anything but they've been fairly accurate done a pretty decent job here of you know predicting games and how they've gone so hoping to keep up that track record and continue to build our our rep in that department so if like i said if this is your first time i hope you enjoy the show if this is your you know however many times you've just been coming back week after week thank you for doing that and continue to do that and continue to share this with other people that haven't heard about it and just to continue to help us grow in what we're doing and what we you know want to continue to do but with that said we're going to jump straight into the first game that we're going to talk about just like i said just give a little information on it give you a preview prediction not a long show 20 25 minutes just however long it goes but first game of the day going to look at clemson and nc state now this game is going to be one of the big ones in the ACC. You got NC State who many people had said was going to be the challenger to you know, quote unquote challenger, not really going to be a challenger, but a challenger to Clemson when it came to the to the side of the conference that they're on in the ACC. And while they've I would say NC State hasn't lived up to what a lot of people thought, this game I feel like for Clemson has potential to be a serious trap game for them just because of how bad their offense has been. And if you've kept up anything with college football, I mean, that's not that hasn't been a surprise after week one. And I think I think a part of how they perform just after week one has been better. But like I said, we're talking about I just said week one, looking at that game, you got to give credit to Georgia's defense and that. So, I mean, 
while Clemson did score three, they should be able to score more than three points. That Georgia defense is like the best in the nation. So three points, that was impressive by Georgia. But it's just, like I said, I think you got to give more credit in that aspect. But for Clemson, they go, you know, win 49-3 to the week after that. And then the just last week, they go and play Georgia Tech and barely scrape by with a six-point win. And they only scored 14 points in that. So you're looking at it. And you're starting to get worried if you are if you are a if you are a Clemson fan if you're you know part of that I would even say part of the coaching staff because you had this whole offense hyped up with DJ Uangle and just just the whole camaraderie of that you know of that offense and what they thought they were going to be able to do after he you know showed out in his two starts that he had last year while Trevor Lawrence was out and. Here they are now, and they're struggling to get anything going on offense. They've lost week one. They struggled to win week three. And week two, obviously, you played no one, so you should be able to put up a lot of points. But they just their offense has not been able to do what many thought they were going to be able to do. And what's even worse about it now, you have that struggle, but now you got to go on the road and you got to play an NC State team who's definitely going to be upset-minded and is going to be looking to give their season something, you know, a big win to help push them forward throughout the rest of this year. And... Like I said, I know a lot of people said challenger. I don't even if NC State wins this game, I don't see them winning their side of the conference at all. With you know Clemson still there, I think Clemson will eventually figure it out when it comes to their offense just enough to be able to win that. But they got to figure out something quick because they're the way it's looking with these rankings and the way things are going. You continue to see Clemson slide. They they played Georgia, you know, week one. They were ranked number three. Then you get beat by Georgia. You drop down to the five six area, and then after that you. You haven't lost, but you just continue to slide all the way back to number nine now at this point. And looking down the road for Clemson, if you're looking at college football playoff potential and you're looking at that aspect of it, you're kind of you're you're getting worried because if you can't figure out something with that offense, no one's going to feel comfortable putting you in the top four, especially when you have no other team of you know of challenge or you know competition up your level that you're supposed to be at the rest of the rest of the season. They're going to play. Their whole ACC schedule, there's not going to be anyone that should be able to challenge them. And at that point, I mean, if you went out, but you got other teams that are, you know, playing heavier conferences and, you know, heavier games, why should you even get in if, you, if you're not looking the part? If you're only scraping by with 14 to 8 wins week after week or, you know, 21 to 10 wins, you're no one's going to trust you to go in there and be one of the top four teams of the country later on in the playoffs. So if you're Clemson, I know this is this has been only three games into the season. You're you're gonna start getting worried. Now on the flip side, you're looking at NC State. They, like I said, had a lot of promise, had a lot of potential going into this year. But then just week two, they go and they blow a opportunity to really go up three and zero in the season. And you know, go into this game, go through, go be three and zero, and go against Clemson three and zero versus three and zero, two unra- I mean, not three and zero for Clemson. Sorry, two and one. Be able to challenge the number three. I mean, uh, sorry challenge the number nine team in the country and be able to go after them and really set yourself up for a chance at the top 25 but also for the ACC Atlantic Coast side of the conference so they go into Mississippi State week two and they really struggle and their offense just could not get off the ground their defense looked all right but their offense has just not been able to really get the oomph they've needed in that game the other two games they really haven't played anybody so like I said, I really feel, still feel like this is a trap game for Clemson. Like I said, you got to go to NC State. They always say defense travels best, and 
for Clemson, that's good because you know your defense is one of the best in the country. They've looked the part. They've looked great this year. They looked great against Georgia in the big game that they played. They held uh, they held their team they played in week two to three points. They played the, the team they played in week three. They held the eight points in Georgia Tech. So looking at it, they've only given up a total of they've only given up a total of twenty one points the whole year. And so you like that from your defense, and they haven't even given up an offensive touchdown yet. The one touchdown that Georgia got against them was on the defensive side of the ball. Um, it was when they were on offense and Georgia was on defense. So you like the way your defense is played. They definitely look possibly top two in the nation. So that's good for Clemson that their defense is going to travel. But if that, it's the same idea that I'm going to talk about later when we get to the Texas A&M-Arkansas game. If your defense is constantly out on the field and they're one that's going to have to carry, eventually at, one, at some point there's going to be a coverage bust. There's going to be something when that defense continues to wear down and get tired. And while they're deep, uh, it doesn't matter. At some point in the season, it's going to happen. And if your offense can't get on the field and sustain a drive, give them rest, and can't put together a drive to score points, you're, you're going to find yourself trailing in a game you shouldn't. You're going to find yourself losing in a game you shouldn't. So. On the road for Clemson, this is going to be a very important game for them if they're going to turn stuff around and if they're going to they're going to get rolling. But in this game, I still feel like Clemson's going to find a way to win. I think they'll I think they'll be able to get a stop, a couple stops when they need to because of their defense. I think their offense will find a couple of plays. They'll look a little bit better than they had, and I think they'll end up pulling this one out twenty-one to ten. So if you're Clemson, you know that's a, that's a decent win for you but like I said at some point your offense has got to be better if you know if you're looking further on down the road so that's what I'm looking at for Clemson 21 to 10 that game's going to be at 330 on ESPN so looking forward to catching that one now second game we're going to talk about going to look at number 14 Iowa State versus Baylor who is 3-0 and and this matchup is another one you got to watch out if you're Iowa State. So they're already two and one with the one loss to Iowa, where Iowa completely dominated their their offense and just rolled right over them. Defense shut down Brock Purdy, and if you're Brock Purdy, you're still upset about that game just because how bad you played. Your offense was, especially being known as one you know one of the Heisman contenders. A lot of people said coming into the season, but. They got running back Brees Hall, who's done a good job this year, so they're looking at him to have a big game in this. So if you're watching this game, you're going to see a lot of running the ball on both sides. If you look at Baylor, they've been one of the best teams in the country when it's come to running the ball. They almost have a 1,000 yards of rushing offense at 964, to be exact, and they got 11 touchdowns, and they're just completely dominating. They got Abram Smith. He's the he's the first running back for them that's had three consecutive games of 100 yards or more since 2015. And he's had, I mean, just a total of 300. They've had a total of 300 yards rushing in back-to-back games for the first time in like the last couple, the last five years. So they're just completely dominating the run game. That means you got a, they, you got a solid offensive line. You're just being able to set up a formation that's really throwing the defense off. And Iowa State, they got a good defense, but if they're not going to be able to stop the run, they're going to have <clears throat> they're going to have problems because once the run game gets going. Obviously, your quarterback's in a position where they're able to do play action and they'll be, be able to get some space and be able to sit back there with some more time and just feel comfortable that, that not all the pressure of the game is on their shoulders. So if you're Iowa State, I think your offense has got to – they were they were better last week than they were in the Iowa game, but I think their offense has got to find that level that they thought they could get to at the beginning of the season that a lot of people expected them to get to when they started out the year when that number seven ranking. So 
if you're Iowa State, this is the perfect game to get going to reestablish your dominance, reestablish your your season as we're not done, even though we have that one loss. Because that one loss doesn't look bad as long as Iowa keeps winning. And obviously a lot of teams look at Iowa and they think they're going to do well the rest of the year, which I do too, especially with their defense. So if you're Iowa State, you can turn this around. You just got to get the whole team together and they've got to start they, they've got to start gelling together and being able to have a solid offense that's going to be able to score consistently, take some pressure off of that defense. But that defense has been solid, so you're hoping you can stop the run game and force Baylor's quarterback to be able to throw some balls down the field on third and long. And if you can do that, I think Iowa State really sets them up themselves up in a position where they can go and win this game. But they're on the road as well, so this is going to be a tough one. But with both teams running the ball so well, I – I know the defenses are good on both sides, but I still expect this to be a higher-scoring game. I think uh, Iowa State's offense will be able to get a little bit more. I think you'll see Brock Purdy have a big game since there's so much focus on the run game for both sides. So I think this is one where Brock Purdy sneaks up and really reestablishes himself. So I think Iowa State still hangs around and wins this game 31-27. to and if that if that stands, you beat a three and zero Baylor team who's looked really good this year. I think that's a solid win, and that's going to help you out later on in the you know later on in the season if you get to if you get to be one of those teams later on that they're looking at for maybe potentially the top four in the playoff if they can win out because they still got a lot of big teams they got to play later on this year. So this is a big game for Iowa State. Don't overlook it. Even though Baylor's not ranked, they're still a really good team. So, like I said, Iowa State thirty-one to twenty-seven over over Baylor. This game is going to be at three thirty p.m. on Fox. So, another big game to look at. Even though, like I said, there's only two ranked matchups this week, and they're big matchups in the importance of what they are. But outside of those two, there's still a lot of important games. I know a lot of people just look at, okay, so what top 25 teams are playing this week, you know, against each other, which top 15 teams, and that has a lot to do with rankings later on down the road, but you're looking at teams like Baylor, they win this one game against Iowa State, and they're in the top 25, and it kind of changes the aspects of some people's seasons completely, so there's a lot of important games to watch out for on the outside of the top 25, and that's why we talk about them, even though they're, you know, they're not ranked on ranked matches so that's the importance of those and we definitely want to continue to share those with you but next game up we're going to get into the two ranked matchups of the day there's some big ones and one you know obviously between Texas A&M and Arkansas in the SEC and then this one the one we're about to talk about you got number 12 Notre Dame versus number 18 Wisconsin and this one's going to be in Chicago neutral site at Soldiers Field so this is going to be a fun matchup to watch I think I think this game is going to be solely dependent on which offense can make bigger plays, but also which team can extend drives as well. Because both teams' defenses are pretty solid, but whichever team can keep their defense off the field, like I said with the last game, if you can keep your you know defense off the field, you got a good shot at winning this. So if you look at when you're looking at this game, though, all eyes are going to be on. Notre Dame quarterback Jack Cohn. This is going to be a interesting game for him, obviously going onto the field, going against his former team where he was actually named the starter last year, but ended up having an injury and lost his starting position and decided to transfer to Notre Dame after the season was over. And if you're Notre Dame, you're extremely excited with what this guy has done, especially with the, the movement they've had throughout their offensive line. They've 
kind of struggled somewhat because they've had a, different injuries and they've kind of had to plug and play guys. But overall, you like how you you've liked how Cone's done having over 800 yards passing, eight touchdowns. You're, so he's had a solid season up to this point, but he's been on his back a little bit. So if you're if you're Notre Dame, you got to be able to keep him upright, be able to give him the opportunity to be able to complete those complete those big plays and also extend the drives when it matters because you're going to have Wisconsin on the other side. They got they're getting their best defensive line player back and if he can come in and he can you know keep Cone on his back or this whole, you know, Wisconsin defense as a whole if they can come in and and, and just basically shut down this whole attack for Notre Dame in the offensive passing game, then you're you're going to be in for a long night. So Wisconsin, though, they're coming off a of bye week, and this was something interesting that I saw when I was looking at this, you know, the spread and stuff for this game, but Wisconsin's actually favored by 6.5 points last time I checked. And 6.5, especially for a team that's only played two games this year versus a team that's been 3-0 and this year and has – Notre Dame hasn't looked the best, but they've looked all right. It's still it's still kind of surprising, but I can I can definitely see why it's a six and a half spread for for Wisconsin because they while they did lose the first week to Penn State, Penn State has obviously shown they're a top ten team. Then they go and they blow out a team the second week. They had a week off, so now you've had a whole week to get healthy. You've had a whole week to prepare. You got guys that are rested, and I'm sure. Wisconsin is going to have a great game plan going into this game and is going to be ready to attack Notre Dame and is going to be ready to show that even though they lost that first game to Penn State only by, I mean, remind you, only six points. It was a very close game. And they're ready to show that they're still here. They're still part of this mix. They still got an opportunity in the Big Ten. So this is a big game for Wisconsin, but this is also a big game for Notre Dame. And I'll tell you why, because Notre Dame only plays – Obviously, they're independent, so they only play, you know, just random teams throughout the year that they schedule. And they're sitting at number 12 right now, and they've slidden all the way from the 8 spot all the way down to 12. Same thing that's kind of happened to Clemson. You haven't looked fantastic, so you've dropped while other teams have continued to impress and move up. And that's a scary position to be in as an independent because you don't have a conference championship game to, to help close that gap that you need later on in the year when it comes down to that top four. So if you're Notre Dame, you, you kind of really don't have any, you don't have that one, you know, that one loss padding that most teams like, you know, the SEC does, or, you know, maybe Ohio, you know, like a Ohio State and the Big Ten does when they play the type of conference schedule that they do. So for Notre Dame, I think this this is a must-win game for them if you want to get to the top four later on in the year and show that you're you're one of the better teams in the country. But the same goes for Wisconsin because you've already got one loss. You can't afford a second loss. So that's their one loss padding. But they got to win this game if they're going to have a shot later on down the road. So this is basically, I feel like, a do-or-die game for both programs. So I fully expect both teams to be come, come out swinging, be prepared. I think it's going to be a very offensive game just based off of like I said, Wisconsin's had a whole week to prepare, and I think Notre Dame has shown that they can throw the ball down the field a little bit. So I think it's going to be a, a higher-scoring game, but I got Wisconsin winning this game 31-24 to and kind of throwing the Fighting Irish off for the rest of the year out of the, out of the picture because Notre Dame loses this. <clears throat> Even though Wisconsin's ranked n- number 18, you can definitely see them switching spots in the rankings, I think, with this type of game. So – if you're Notre Dame, you're kind of sitting at 18, and you'll you'll play a couple of decent teams the rest of the year, but that doesn't really give you anything to catapult yourself up into the you know top 15 really again or top 10 for that matter. And like I said, you also don't have a conference championship game to 
close that gap that you may need when it comes down to the last week of the season like some teams do. So, like, I'll give you an example. There's been a lot of times where you have in the SEC a team that's, you know, playing number one versus number five, and then what they have to – if number five wins, you know, they'll get into the – They'll get into the top four, but the number one, obviously, since they only lost to the number five, will still stay in. So you kind of don't have that benefit if you're Notre Dame because if you're sitting in there in the conference championship week and you're sitting at number five and, you know, someone number six behind you, they could definitely leapfrog you because they don't have – they may have a conference championship and you don't as Notre Dame. So that's why I don't understand why they've never joined a conference. I think they should at some point. It worked well for them last year in the ACC. They, I mean, they obviously – still made it to the playoff with one loss to Clemson in the ACC championship. So there's no reason whatsoever they shouldn't join a conference. It makes no sense to me, honestly. And I hope one day they do because the ACC would be a good one for them because it would have a challenger for Clemson. And Notre Dame would also just be able to be in a conference where you'll be able to see a consistent schedule every year just like you do with every other team throughout the country. So. I hope they do eventually, but like I said, I got them losing this one, and because of what I just said, not being in a conference, I think it ends their, basically ends their chance for the rest of the year because they just keep sliding. You're looking at possibly at 18, and if you don't, you just don't have room for anything at that point. You've basically lost your breathing room, and you don't have anything to catapult you up into the rankings any further. So, for Notre Dame and Wisconsin, both do or die games. So one to watch. This game's going to be at 12 p.m. on Fox, the big noon game. So check it out earlier in the day if you're not watching some of these other teams that are playing. So best, biggest game of the week, I personally think, like I said, I know the other one's the do or die game when it comes to their season. But this one is more important in national scale, but also in conference scale as well. So you got number seven, Texas A&M versus number 16, Arkansas. Both teams 3-0. and both teams have performed well, have looked good for the most part. Obviously, Texas A&M, number seven. They were number five. They slid. They've had a couple of similar weeks to some of these other teams where their offense just hasn't been up to task and their defense has kind of had to carry their weight. But on the other side, you're looking at Arkansas. They come into this game, and they are absolutely flying high in Fayetteville. Everyone is loving what Arkansas has done under Sam Pittman and his this just his early part of his tenure there. And they had a rough season last year, but this year they come in, got 3-0. and They've beaten Texas already, and they've just completely dominated teams that they have played. And how they're doing it is they're doing it just at the physicality of both of the lines, both offense and defense. So this game is definitely going to be one to watch, like I said, on terms of national scale and conference scale. And the reason I say conference scale is, well, obviously we both know both of these teams are in the SEC West. So SEC West, you're looking at how the conference stacks up right now. You got Alabama, obviously one, and then you got Arkansas, Texas A&M, and these other teams here. Auburn hasn't really hasn't even gotten into SEC play, so obviously they still got a shot. But you're looking at the rankings right now. It's really these two teams right here, Arkansas and Texas A&M, that's really got a chance to challenge Alabama and the SEC West and Ole Miss. Ole Miss is still out there, so that's going to be a big game we're going to look at next week between Alabama and Ole Miss, one that I think is going to be an absolute barn burner, going to be a fun game to watch. So we'll have that one next week. But you got those three teams right here, Texas A&M, Arkansas, Ole Miss, all looking to compete against Alabama and the SEC West and challenge them. So... This is a big game in that aspect because if whoever loses this game, you still got to play these other teams. You still got to play Ole Miss. You still got to play Alabama. You still got to play whoever's your cross-conference rival or team that you play. So 
you got you got some big games that are still left, and you already got one loss. Like I said, you're it's going to be hard at that point because you have to be perfect the rest of the way. So for this game, though, looking at Texas A&M, their defense has been one of the best in the country. They got one of the better pass defenses defenses in the country. Been absolutely solid, and they've dominated. But on the offensive side of the ball is where they've had trouble. Starting quarterback just last week gets hurt. You got a new one in, and he's having to go out here and try to go up against one of the better defenses that we've seen this year in Arkansas and just what they've done on the defensive side of the ball. And, I mean, they absolutely shut down Steve Sarkeesian in, in Texas in week two, and they've just they've, they've turned it on when they've needed to, and it just has a lot to do with that physicality. So Texas A&M, they're, this is where I feel like their downfall is going to come. And you've kind of seen it because even though they've had their starter the first couple of weeks, you look at week two, they only won 10-7 to against Colorado First week was very shaky, and then the next last week they only won thirty-four to zero. I know it's thirty-four points, but you're looking at these other teams that have these solid offenses with these solid defenses that are winning. You know, a couple of these games, sixty to zero or fifty to you know fifty to seven. You're looking at those type of games, and they're only winning thirty-four to zero against teams that they should you know have more points on. So, looking at this for Texas A&M, I kind of feel like this is what's really going to hurt them because I don't know if they're defense can put up a absolute perfect game for four straight quarters and give their offense the time that they need to be able to score against the Arkansas defense that has basically done similar to what this Texas A&M defense has done and the like I said I said before for both these for Arkansas they've been absolutely physical on both lines of scrimmage so I kind of feel like that's where the matchup's going to be so you're looking at that, you're trying to see which team's going to keep their quarterback upright. And if you're Arkansas, you also got something else that plays into that factor because your quarterback is dual threat. With K.J. Jefferson, he's able to get get outside of the pocket. He, The first Arkansas quarterback to rush for two touchdowns in a game in the last 20 years when he rushed for two against Rice in week one. So they – I just kind of feel like looking at all this stuff, you're looking at the physicality of Arkansas, you're looking at how A&M's offense is sputtering, they, they're also down to their second-string quarterback at this point, and you look at Arkansas just coming in with the way that they have with the way that they have done, they've built up a solid team there, and it just seems like the perfect storm for them to be able to go into AT&T Stadium and just absolutely show out against this Texas A&M team, and shut them down, and to be able to show that you are one of the better teams in the country because it's like I said in the last one, in the last couple of weeks I've been talking about, I feel like this year is going to be completely different than it has been. The last couple of years it's been whichever team has had the best offense when you look at LSU and you look at Alabama over the past two years. This year I feel like it has a complete different feel to it. There's good offenses out there, but the defenses have been absolutely dominant this year. So for Arkansas, you're that's right up your for one, and you got the type of offense that is shown to be explosive on the run on the run. And KJ Jefferson has been great in the past game, which has been completely unexpected. So, like I said, it's just been the perfect storm for them. This gives them the opportunity to show out against Texas A&M, show that they're legit, establish themselves as the possible number two to compete against Alabama in the SEC West, and this is another thing a lot of people hadn't talked about yet, which obviously we will talk about more as we move into next week and Monday when we go into our Monday podcast and review a lot of these games, what's going on, what's gone gone on with the results of them. But if Arkansas wins this game, they have a real potential chance to move up into a number 11, number 10 slot. 
And if that happens, you got a top 10 matchup next week against number two Georgia in Athens. So for Arkansas, you've got two big weeks right here. If you can go and beat Texas A&M and then get, you get to play number two on the road, you got a real potential here to shock the world and show people that you're legit and that you got a real opportunity to to compete even for a playoff spot at this point. It's, and it's crazy to talk about that considering where Arkansas has been, but Sam Pittman has just done a fantastic job there in Arkansas, completely changed the culture, changed this team into a real competitive team. So as you can tell by how much I've gone on about Arkansas, I think they're going to win this game. I think they're going to do it pretty handily. I think their defense is going to play great. I think their offense is going to do just exactly what they need to, run the ball, milk the clock keep that Texas A&M defense worn down. Like I said, I know Texas A&M is deep as well, but if they can keep that defense worn down, keep their offense on the field, and give Arkansas's defense a chance to rest. And also, I think this is another big point we got to talk about too, which team can can have more explosive plays and finishing the red zone is really going to set themselves up. And that just plays right into Arkansas's, you know, right up their alley because – explosive plays with the way they've been able to run the ball and with K.J. Jefferson with being able to scramble out of the pocket and be able to throw on the run, that's going to be huge. And for Texas A&M, I just don't think they have that potential. They've struggled in the red zone as well. So, like I said, it's just, it just seems like the perfect storm for Arkansas. So, for this game, I got Arkansas winning 24-13 to and setting themselves up to be a you know possible possible challenger to Alabama in the SEC West, which has – as we know with Alabama looked vulnerable after week you know, week three against Florida last week, winning thirty one twenty nine. So like I said, it also sets up a really big game between number two Georgia and them next week, which if that happens that is going to be an absolute great game because you got two teams that are super physical, both have a similar style of play. Well, a little more over the last couple of years. This year, Georgia seems to be more of an air-it-out team. But looks like a perfect game to watch next week. The only thing I'm ticked off about with that game that has already been announced, it is going to be a 12 o'clock kickoff and on ABC. I mean, on ESPN, excuse me. So, that has already ticked me off. I will get into more of that later in the week. But we want to see the results of this before we even talk about that. But, uh, like I said, 24-13, I got Arkansas winning this going to be a big game, big matchup. That's going to be 3.30 on CBS, the big SEC game of the week on that channel. So that's week four. That's our big our previews that we got for this week, our predictions as well. We'll discuss these on Monday, all, all the recaps of these games and some of the other big games that's going around the country. We'll also discuss the NFL, recap their weekend on Sunday, what games has been going on there, and we'll have some political news for you as well there's been a lot of stuff going on with that I would get into it today but trying to still keep this Saturday short podcast to just football for now let people enjoy that and then on Monday like I said we'll get into everything with that but for now like I said you want more information you want more articles you want to see our predictions and you know just don't have time to go back and listen to everything go to therevolutionsports.com look at all that listen to our podcast on there you can listen to us on any uh, podcast provider, any of the big ones, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, anything like that, look for us there. So, um, Also, follow our, follow our social media pages, like I've already said. We will have all the games, these big game scores up on our, on our pages, just keeping you updated with all the big news from throughout the day. And also, like I said at the beginning of the show, look for our top 25. It's going to come out Come out Sunday. It's going to come out at 10 o'clock in the morning. So look for that. Make sure you have it marked on your calendar. Just uh, And be able, be sure to share it and continue to help us bring in new followers and new people that are looking for content like this. So with that said, though, thank you for joining us today and enjoy your Saturday.